You're listening to the sermon cast of First Presbyterian Church Spartanburg. To watch the full video of this worship service and to learn more about the ministries of our church, visit us online at fpcspartanburg.org. We hope you enjoy the message. We're grateful to each and every person here today for your presence strengthening the worship of God on this Christ the King Sunday. Christ the King Sunday is the last Sunday on the liturgical calendar. Next week, we will turn into a new liturgical year, a new season known as Advent, which will prepare us and our hearts for the coming good news of the Christmas season that is right around the bend. But today we sit first with this notion of what it means to claim Christ as king. We are concluding today as well our sermon series, this journey that we've been on since September, exploring different stories in both the Old and New Testament, stories of ordinary people in the biblical narrative through whom God does extraordinary things. And so we finish today with the story, if you will, the story of Christ himself. We turn to the gospel of Matthew for the framework for our learning and preaching today. We are going to be in a piece of Matthew's gospel that denotes the very last sermon that Jesus preaches to his disciples in that story. The very last words that he speaks to all of the disciples and the crowds before going to the upper room and to the cross and to the empty tomb. These are words that are hard, maybe even a bit harsh. It is the parable of the sheep and the goats. So let us listen now for a word from God as we hear these verses from Matthew chapter 25, beginning with the 31st verse. Jesus speaks to the assembled crowd saying, when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All of the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate people from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats and he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. And then the king will say to those at his right hand, come you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom that has been prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty And you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you uh, a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, truly, I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, you that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me naked and you did not give me clothing sick and in prison and you did not visit me. And then those at his left hand also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not Take care of you. 
And then the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Friends, the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you join me in prayer? Let us pray. Almighty God, send your spirit once more. Send your spirit that it would stir not only in these waters, but also in our hearts. Send your spirit that it would be a bridge from these ancient, these hard, confusing even words, the living of these days. Indeed, O God, we pray that through your spirit, the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts gathered together here in your sight would be pleasing and glorifying to you. For you and you alone are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I heard someone once say that they love this passage and that they are haunted by it. Haunted, I suspect, not only by the apocalyptic imagery of what will happen when, in Matthew's language, the Son of Man comes in glory, nor haunted only by the harsh judgment that Matthew lays out here for us, that the king will render that punishment with eternal implications. Christ is king, Matthew seems to be saying, just maybe not the docile, easygoing king that we sometimes like to imagine. Now, I suspect what truly haunts that person are all the times that they, and let's be honest, each of us, fail to actually reach the bar that Jesus seems to be setting here. Right, there are two types of people Jesus lays out. Not just the sheep and the goats, not just those on his right hand and those on his left, but I would say the two types of people he's really pointing us towards are the people who pay attention and those who do not. Listen again to what Jesus says at the beginning to those at his right hand. Come you that are blessed, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me naked and gave me clothing sick and took care of me prison and you visited me. And they respond by saying, Lord, when was it that we did any of these things? And he says, truly, I tell you, just as you did it, just as you noticed, just as you went towards one of the least of these, one of the hardest to notice. You did it to me. Two types of people. Those who notice. Those who pay attention. And those who don't. There's a great Mary Oliver poem. You all know Mary Oliver? If you don't, go home, Google her, buy a book. It's fantastic. One of my favorite poems is probably one of her shortest just four lines, 12 words. It says instructions for living life. Pay attention. 
be astonished. Tell about it. I think what really haunts me about these words of Jesus and his final sermon are all the times that I fail to live my life by those simple instructions. Perhaps that is why Jesus chooses this topic for his last sermon in Matthew's gospel. Maybe it's because he knows that paying attention is going to be the hardest thing about following him after he's gone. Maybe he knows that this is the piece of discipleship that all of us are going to struggle with the most, right? Maybe Jesus knows that there's going to be people 2000 years later sitting in Fogarty hall who are going to have all sorts of excuses when that day comes, Lord, I went to church. Lord, I tried to be a decent person. I went on that mission trip. You know, I did. Lord, I taught that Sunday school class, even though I really wanted to sleep in that morning. God, I even said yes to chairing the stewardship committee, okay? (laughs) Jesus knows what kind of excuses we're going to have. Lord, I tried to be a kind person, at least to the people who are somewhat easy to be kind to. Maybe that is why Jesus chooses to preach on this. Because he went what he wants us to know and what may very well be very hard for us to hear is that all those excuses, all that laundry list of things that we can each come up with to get us through that final judgment. He wants us to know that it's not enough. I think part of what Jesus is trying to teach his disciples then and his disciples today is that salvation is about a lot more than just saying the right words. That salvation is about a lot more than just showing up to church. It's about a lot more than saying all the right prayers. It's about a lot more than knowing all the right people. I think what Jesus is trying to teach us here is that our salvation is also wrapped up in how well we do at paying attention. At paying attention especially to those people and to those places that are easy to overlook. And yet are the very people and places that Jesus spends his whole life running towards. There's a great Hauerwas quote. I mentioned Stanley Hauerwas a few weeks ago, professor at Duke Div. He once said something that's like, um, the difference between people who know Christ and those who do not is that the people who have known Christ no longer have any excuse for avoiding the least of these. Jesus's disciples, because we know Jesus no longer have any excuse for avoiding 
the least of these. We pay attention because in Christ, God has shown us that the entire universe can turn on a single act of mercy, on a cup of water offered to someone who is thirsty, on a morsel of bread offered to someone who is hungry. In Christ, God has shown us that the whole universe can spin on our willingness to try to pay attention, to try to say yes to those unexpected interruptions. Y'all get interrupted in your days ever, right? You got your whole calendar laid out. You wake up, you say, I'm going to do this and then this and then this and then this. And then not two seconds into doing that first thing. What happens? Someone interrupts you. It must happen to me eight or nine times a day. And I'm here to tell you that 80% of the time when I get interrupted, I'm not going to lie to y'all. There are 20% of the time where someone interrupts me. I'm like, do we really have to talk about this now? This ain't worth my time. Y'all know that. But I'm here to tell you about 80% of the time when those interruptions come. And when I say yes to that interruption, what I discover within about the first 30 seconds is that what's actually happening is a holy interruption. What I discover is that God has something to speak to me through that person or situation or thing that is interrupted, whatever my carefully laid out schedule for that day happens to be. In Christ, God is showing us that the universe can hinge on the smallest, least likely of things. That God can take our willingness to acknowledge the humanity in the eyes of a neighbor, especially those neighbors who perhaps we are the least likely to consider a neighbor. That God can take that moment and affect life, salvation. God can bring life that we did not expect or see coming simply because we were attuned, paying attention to the moment. Now, there's no shortage. There's no shortage of people or places that we would consider to be the least of these in our world today. You barely even have to turn on your imagination to call to mind a whole slew of the least of these. Families, At this very moment, sitting in the bombed out ruins of homes and entire neighborhoods in Gaza. And then still more families just a few miles away on the other side of the border, racked with trauma and grief and anxiety, waiting for news of their loved ones. War in the Ukraine, hunger in Sudan. People just across the street, entire families, trying hard to just keep it together from one day to the next, living in a motel. Families living out of their cars and Walmart parking lots, right? We could go on and on and on. All around us, 
are the least of these. But we shouldn't lose sight either of the fact that sometimes, sometimes there are opportunities to pay attention right here, right under our noses. Right? We've even heard some of them this morning. Right? Coming up this Tuesday, an opportunity to support neighborhood impact ministries. That's an opportunity to pay attention to the needs of people who otherwise we might scoot through our Tuesday and not give the faintest thought of. That Angel Tree Ministry, you want to talk about prisoners? Here's a way to support the families, the children of women and men incarcerated in our community. You don't have to look far. I was even thinking about a story that came towards me in recent weeks. Donna Pulliam, a member of our congregation, gave me permission to share just a piece of her devotional that she offered just a few weeks ago to our associate pastor nominating committee. This is a committee that the congregation has elected and formed, and I'm here to tell you they're off and running. They're working hard to identify who God is leading towards our congregation to be our next associate pastor of congregational care and the diaconate, and they begin each of their meetings with a member of that committee offering a devotional. And just a few weeks ago, Donna offered this beautiful devotional, and I'm grateful for her willingness to let me just share a piece of it at the very end. Donna was sharing with us about how just a few days before they had celebrated the birthday of their beautiful, sweet daughter, Caroline. Caroline's grandfather is in worship with us too this morning. Caroline died in 2020, March 16th. And those milestones, as any of us who have lost a child or a loved one know, are hard ones, right? And Donna shared with our group about how that was a hard few days leading up and and that day itself. But what she did this year, she said, was she just started to write a list out of all the things that she was grateful for about her daughter. She said it was a long list and it barely scratched the surface. But she said, you know, one of the things on that list was a name of another committee member who was right across the table from her as she's offering this devotional. Because one of the things that I remembered in forming this list of things that I was grateful for about Caroline was this other church member who noticed a need when Caroline was here with us. Noticed the need that our family had. This person across the table was paying attention. She noticed how hard it is for families with special needs children to sometimes participate in the life and faith of the church. It's hard just to get to worship. And so this other church member gave generously to help form a Sunday school class, a Sunday school class that still goes to this day, a special class for Caroline and others just like her to offer a space for them to flourish and to be nurtured and to be loved and to grow in body and in spirit and faith. And also in turn, allowing her family and her parents and her brother to also come and be fully present and worship and to grow and to be nurtured in their faith and in their spirit. I said, what a gift. What a gift to have someone like this person paying attention noticing the needs of those around them and then taking action to help care, to help nurture the life and faith of everyone in their midst. What a gift. 
What were those instructions for living? Pay attention, especially to the least of these, to those who it may be easy to otherwise overlook. Pay attention. Be astonished. Be astonished when out of your paying attention and others paying attention to you, God moves. Life, salvation is affected. Something beautiful, something profound comes out of the rubble. A new flower blooms. Be astonished. Then by God, Mary Oliver says, go and tell others. That's what Donna was doing for us that day. That's what each of us are invited to go out from this space and do for others. To remember that because Christ is king, we are called to go out into the world and to notice the ones that he notices. To not be the judge. We have a judge and thanks be to God, it's not us. But to be able to pay attention and then be astonished and then tell others the good news. So that at the end of the day, we too might speak those words that Donna spoke at the end of her devotional. What a gift. What a gift. A life and faith like that. What a gift it is. Friends, for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of the world, may it be so. Amen.